150 guys. 150. Episode 150. Just just give give yourself a round of applause. Let's just How did we make it? Give it up for yourself. Yeah. Just pat on the back everyone. Like <laughs> how did we do it? How did we make it this far? I don't know, man. I think it was just perseverance and never giving up even when we should have probably 100 episodes ago. Even when people were just telling us to give up. Yeah, please. We were stop. like, "No." Yeah. Please stop. Please stop. But, you know, if you if you give up things like that so easily, if you give up on things, then like then you never really push yourself to the limits like you, you know, you saw me go last week. Oh, my God. Like, you know, Dude, I was really, I, I was really like look, excelling. In my, look, I was in a moment, you know, John, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, I, I, everybody knows that, I, you know, I had to take last week off for family emergency. But I leave you alone for one minute. What? And you just descend into madness. And young Shelton? People people liked Why? it. People young really Sh- liked it, man. I, num- our they? numbers were through the roof. I mean, like, people, like, you know, I think, like, really were gravitating towards it. Am I underestimating the, the TBBT crowd? Am I underestimating them, the bangers? I mean, I think you are. I think like there's there's quite a few of us out there, Phil, and I think that um, you know, we we are ready to be heard. You know, I'm just worried about you because I feel like this you didn't ever bring this up before, and you know, like you didn't sound like yourself on the episode, and just you know, they were just I just I'm I'm worried about you, man. Like, you know, because it, it doesn't sound like a good show. I, I think, quite frankly, I was myself for the first time ever. And I think that was part of the oh. problem here. You know, like, you know, that I, oh, okay. All right. you know, maybe flying a little bit solo sometimes can uh, be myself. So you say you want to spread your wings a bit. I mean, you know, I just gonna, I want to be, be allowed to be going to pull who a Freddie Mercury on yeah. me. I, well, I don't want to be like forced into these like corners where I feel like I have to like, you know, act a certain way or you know behave a certain way or um talk about a certain thing or uh you know pretend like you know that a great show isn't the best show ever you know so okay well who am i to who am i to doubt young sheldon there was people out there who liked it and um you know and i'm i'm not gonna like you know pretend like that I didn't see a couple of messages come through where they were just like, why, why did I listen to this whole thing? Like, and that that's good, man. They were listening to it, the whole thing. Like, you know, it was only 15 minutes, but they listened to the whole thing. You know, why am I still thing. listening I to mean, this? I don't know. Why were I mean, I mean, I listened to the whole thing and, you know, if I was also upset that, you know, we pride ourselves on being an ad free show hmm. and you had not one, but two. Two ads. Two well, whole ads. Two ads. You know, feels I, like you know. I feel like sometimes you gotta like make the money. Sometimes you gotta you gotta see where uh, where opportunities lie. But you to only want to make money. money when you're on the show. Yeah. Well, you know. No, I don't get a cut. Um, I mean, you know, I send you Patreon payouts every so often, which I do need to actually. That's true. I want that one soon. <laughs> like Thank legitimately. You. <laughs> but, you know, where's my Blue Apron money? Uh, yeah. Well, I'll be a shell. I mean, you I'm already a shell for free for, you know, a bunch of directors. You didn't seem to have a problem with eating dog food, though. And like, you know, I had, you know, to eat cat, cat turds for a while. And now you d- I mean, you didn't taught me that I don't need to do that anymore. So, uh, you know, 
Yeah, I don't know why you had to. You felt the need to do that, though. This the thing, like. Well, Phil, I tell I told you like you know a few weeks ago that Julia and I aren't you know microwave people, so you know remember that I know that I don't I don't see the when I have my rustlers. Like, I, you know, I remember. Yeah, so, I remember. I feel like the rustlers like there's something in your brain, man. Like it popped an artery in there or something. Like something is flipped because this is not the John I know. We used to make fun of Jim Parsons and Zach Braff. And now you're like all in on the bandwagon. To be honest, I think Hollywood should start hiring Zach Braff again. Welcome to the Pod Charles Cinecast, presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective and the Prince Charles Cinema. This is your host, Jonathan Foster, and I am here today with my hmm, 150 boy. How's it going, Phil? <laughs> 150, birthday boy. <laughs> birthday boy. Okay. You're okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Apologies for the being the MIA. Um, at some personal stuff to deal with John though um but things are okay on the home front now um thank you for filling in yeah and I hope you know people I hope people have been enjoying I saw an opportunity Phil and you you jumped at it I'm glad you did I'm very happy you did and I hope people are enjoying I mean it's only one in um but I've watched a bunch of them now but war two wars they've had one war I hope they're enjoying war season. Two wars? Two wars. I yeah. hope they're enjoying it so far and, you know, are as depressed as we are. Yeah. Yeah. Are we still on the front line? Uh, no, we're not. This is the break. Yeah, this week we, we luckily have a break, so it's kind of good. Uh, we have but, uh, leave. We got some it, R&R. And it turned out you still wanted to talk about a sort of war movie, so it's very, like... It was a happy accident, really. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't, one thing I wanted to do with my time off, and it was watch this movie. Watch, watch this movie. Watch specifically this movie in aid of a joke that yeah. most people will not appreciate. I am totally down for the joke, but I'm also wondering about you. You're worried about me, and I'm worried about you. Like, why you wanted to watch this movie. <laughs> but we'll get to that when we get because to the Because there's a number in the title, damn it. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, maybe I did get a little bit of user feedback. With regards to <laughs> with regards to uh, last week's episode, I do apologize. I hope that like anyone who listened to that like did enjoy it, like as a sort of like it was funny. Um, there was I a couple of people it. who were like literally asking if they needed to watch uh young sheldon in order to like enjoy the show it's like no you don't no no No. it helps if anything yeah i mean it's it's (laughs) like i i barely watched the show to even make that so (laughs) like if you get on the same wavelength with me you're pretty good and uh yeah it's called satire phil uh so yeah you know, I don't. Thank you. Thank you for Worry about it, about me yeah. and stuff. You know, not, maybe you need to put a like a little, you know, cue, like a little music cue, so I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> technology. <laughs> it's brilliant technology in <laughs> television shows these days. No, like I, I uh, also was asked why I am listening to this. That was uh, Claire. That was pretty funny. She was like, why am I still listening? Why did I actually listen to this? Which is like the best. How could you not? Yeah. (laughs) How could you not? (laughs) 
Um, but we, we did get some legit feedback a couple of weeks ago, but it was kind of in this weird time where we had already recorded some episodes and I like didn't uh, have a chance to like get it into an episode yet. Mm-hmm. Um, which I did send to you. It was a really nice message. Uh, it was via our Patreon. Yeah. So if you want to be a patron over there, it's patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. Um, those ads in last week's episode were fake ads, if you couldn't pick <laughs> up on that. Uh, we aren't in any sort of sponsorship with Blue Apron or uh, Hymns. Uh, but, uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yet. <laughs> yet. Uh, ring us up, fellas. Uh, we'll sell your boner pills for you. Anytime, anywhere. Yeah, like the only way we actually make money on this podcast really is Patreon. And that's because we do keep our podcasts ad free and we like to just like, you know, not have ads because they drive me insane. That's part of the reason why I put fake ads in podcasts sometimes because they're just fucking stupid. So I'm just making fun of them. Um, But I do love our good friends and pals who support us over on Patreon. Uh, And if you want to support us, it's low as one pound a month. We start doing something really cool. And Phil and I were actually just planning out a couple more weeks of episodes. Every month, anyone who's a one pounder up backer can get a bonus episode, which is a new film review. And we've got a very good one that um, just came out uh, yesterday as of recording this. I've already seen it. Phil's going to see it soon and we'll record an episode very soon. It'll be out very soon before the end of the month of August. Uh, And then also, if you want to back us for four pounds or up a month, you get a second bonus episode every month which we also are going to record very soon. <laughs> so uh, that's patreon.com forward slash the PCC <laughs> all coming soon. Well, anyway, what happened was our good pal Chris Parsons over on Patreon upped his pledge randomly for no reason. Um, and I just sent him a message to say thank you. And he said, thanks for saying thank you. You guys rule. I'm glad I got through the first 15 minutes of the first episode I heard which was 2001 A Space Odyssey, where I was like, what the hell is this? To understand the vibe and go from there. I'm a life member of the PCC and went as much as I could during the COVID times and continue now. I think my first Prince Charles film was Pecker, 1998, when it was a single screen with the upstairs and downstairs. Uh, You'll probably tell me PCC never screened that film and prove my memory is faulty. I love to buy (laughs) Freak in a Cage, but they're quite a lot of other better causes to spend our money on out there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Which fair. was uh, the funniest thing about that whole message. Um, because, yeah, <laughs> very if you want to be a freak in a cage, I mean, that option is available over there on Patreon. But no, thank you so much, uh, Chris. I will uh, say that I wasn't there during the times when it was a single screen. That was uh, a few years before I joined the Prince Charles. But I do remember we did show Pecker not that long ago, probably like within the last four or five years because we were doing a John Waters screening. So I don't know about the time when it was a single screen, but I'm sure we probably did, but we definitely screened it like four or five years ago. So we did. So you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> no, we're, not, we're not calling you a liar. Yeah, we're not. Phil might be. I not don't yet. know. Phil doesn't seem Under to trust, my breath, yeah. you know, what? other people want to do with their lives and thoughts you know that they have so well that feels like a bit of an overstatement <laughs> but yeah <laughs> uh but speaking of people on patreon as well our good pal will 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 upped his patreon backing for one month as well to become a good bagel boss 
So that is $25 or more a month or 20, was it 19 pounds or 20 pounds a month? I, I can't remember what it is in pounds, but it's $25 or off yeah. uh, in American dollars. I don't, I don't appreciate yeah. the threat implied <laughs> in that pledge though. You know? Yeah. I know what the fuck's coming. I've been here before. To be honest, Phil, I've been around it, it is a great, it, I'm actually kind of excited about this one. I think Will has not done us dirty yet. Did I tell you what it is yet? I can't no, remember. you didn't tell me. Yeah. You said it might be, I don't want to say. But. I I don't know when I want to do it yet, though. And I, I was, I'll preface that, you know, to say sorry if we don't do it immediately, because it's just like it's it's a it's a spooky ooky film, Phil. So it might be released like sometime closer to Halloween, maybe. Plus, we'll probably have more time then to do it. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, yeah, it's not what I was thinking. <laughs> no, no, it's not going to be uh, a Christmas film because he did he did threaten that's, that. That's he I, did threaten that. Yeah, that's the one. It is not that. No. Um, so yeah, thanks to Will over there for backing us as a good bagel boss. Um, it is worrisome sometimes because you know Will has given us a couple of really crap movies to review. So. Um, <laughs> But mm-hmm. if you'd like to give us a crap movie as well, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash the PCC podcast. That is Good Bagel Boss, where we will talk about any film you want us to talk about at the Good Bagel Boss tier. Uh, you only need to do it one month, and then you can drop your tier back to nothing. We'll still do it, and it will eventually be released on the main timeline, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, anywho, Phil, it's the 150th, 50th episode. We've... 50th anniversary. It's the 150th anniversary of the podcast. Um, we, we've we managed to get this far, even though we've like definitely done well over 150 episodes. <laughs> but Yeah, and despite our best effort to be not canceled. Yeah. That's not the right word. If, we, if this was a TV show or a radio show, we would have been taken off the air probably a long time ago. Definitely. But our best effort, you know, to not make it a success. We're still going strong. Yeah. I think if anything, we're successful at not making this a success. <laughs> yes. But, you know, we are in the midst of our war season, but we managed after one week because we're like, I mean, it's a, it's a bit real, right? We couldn't actually handle war. So we've already after one no. week taken leave. <laughs> yeah. I'm crying in a st- on a staircase somewhere. <laughs> but we Spoilers. are... <laughs> 150 episodes in, and Phil, that is halfway to 300. So, Phil, what film are we talking about this week? It's it's 300. It, it's 300. It is. We're almost there. God. There's only one way to celebrate by pretending we've done this twice. Yeah, I hate you, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> himself, taught never to retreat, never to surrender, taught that death in the battlefield is the greatest glory he could achieve in his life. Spartans, the finest soldiers the world has ever known. Sparta will burn 
to the ground. The thousand nations of the Persian Empire descend upon you. What must a king do to save his world? Instead, ask yourself, what should a free man do? Threaten my people with slavery and death. This is madness. Madness. This is Sparta! In 400 BC, a state of war exists between Persia, led by King Xerxes, played by Rodrigo Santoro, and Greece. At the Battle of Thermopylae, Leonidas, played by Gerard Butler, king of the Greek city-state of Sparta, leads his badly outnumbered warriors against the massive Persian army. Though certain death awaits the Spartans, their sacrifice inspires all of Greece to unite against their common enemy. It's the 2006 historical action film directed by Zack Snyder, based on the 1998 comic series of the same name by Frank Miller. Hot takes out the gate, Phil. 300. Hot take. What did you want to do this? Let, <laughs> it's called 300, and it's yeah. episode 150. But yeah. It doesn't go beyond that. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember the last time know. I watched this movie. <laughs> yeah, I think I watched it like when it came out. Yeah, and then like maybe once more after that, um, and then quickly uh, grew out of it. But firstly, could I? Like these boys. Firstly, let, firstly, let's get this out of the way. Let's mm. not call it historical because I feel like a lot of the criticism comes with people trying to act like it's real, and it's literally a fantasy. I know it's based in some reality, but it's based yeah. on a comic, which is loosely based on like a historical, like you know, event. But there's literally like monsters and witches and creatures in it it's telling you not that's not real and not historical yeah stop it well okay i mean that's just i that's just how i want to start the thing is a lot of the stuff that it's based on is like a part of the historical record as well that's the weird part because like because i was unfortunately having to do a little bit of background research. research on this whole entire piece of shit Um, but like, it was, it was just interesting because there was like, you know, you, you think, oh, like an Oracle isn't real, but of course there's like, there were people who claimed to be Oracles and Leonidas. But in this world, they are real. Well, in real life, Leonidas apparently went to speak to an Oracle as well before he made his, his, uh, decision to go fight. But was there a hunchback? 
Was there a hunchback? No, there wasn't him? a hunchback. There wasn't. But the, like, there are people who unfortunately have hunched backs. But that guy was actually a farmer. <laughs> that guy was actually just a farmer. He's just it a guy just who can fight. It was just a yeah. dick who just like he was like actually there's a path over there. <laughs> Every Jesus needs a Judas. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'll go hot takes. Yeah, go ahead. Hot takes. Let's I'm more. Them. I'm more. Uh, yeah, it's a terrible stuff. I'm not going to say like I'm not a, like an. I don't. That's not even Zack like, Snyder apologist. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to say I, I am a Zack Snyder apologist. Okay. But defend it because I like Mac Snyder. I think he's a good filmmaker. I think he gets a lot of shit, and I think he's wildly like misunderstood and underrated. Um, and this, so I'm not like a def- defender of everything he does. Yeah, <laughs> and and like 300 especially, but like I'm surprised that like, and maybe you did, but like, you know, there's, there's a lot of bad in this movie. It's very simple. And it's like cliched and it's a lot of just macho bullshit. A lot yeah. of like, I feel like this reignited the flame of like toxic masculinity in like the early 2000s. It fucking fueled like, the, the next 20 it, years after, hasn't it? <laughs> but as like a comic movie and action movie, it's like a really stylistic, like fun, gory, like, you know, historical epic <laughs> it's it's fun there's not much underneath it but it's stylish and fun and it's quotable and that's kind of i mean like it's it's like a wrestling show like a wrestling match like i feel like every character is like a wrestling character and i feel like you like well, we should you know like i can enjoy it on that sort of level yeah. like turn your brain off and like get into it and like oh fuck that bit was cool that slow-mo bit was cool and like there's enough of those moments. Like this one, of the two movies I watched today, this was obviously much easier to watch <laughs> than next week's episode. Yeah. So I'm not going to say like this movie is like a masterpiece or anything, but like I think it's fun. I think it's a good adaptation. And I think Nack Snyder like makes it as good as it can be. Mm. I think like, and lifts it up beyond like, still making it a really credible, like solid action movie and gave... Gerard Butler, like, still his best role. It's like star making turn, and this is, I think, still his best. I mean, like, what else? Every has movie is him trying to do. <laughs> I mean, all those have fallen movies. You know, yeah. he's still a movie. He's doing all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm. I refuse to play the defender in this episode, but I think it might happen anyway. Yeah, you. Cannot. I can't. Can I? But There's I'm no not way. trying to, and I don't. Yeah. I don't think the film is bad enough that it warrants it. But I think it's one of those. Yeah. That I remember the, the feeling around it, the hype around it, the way guys responded to it. I think it like yeah fueled a lot of maybe not the best yeah you know, tendencies. So this is a 2006 film, eh? And it kind of like really kind of eh? it kind of really was coming out in 2007. I think was the year it really was like because I think it was released at the tail end of 2006. So it was kind of technically a 2007 film. Um, oh, sorry, me, eh? but. It was, mind you, I was like 17 going on 18. And dude, I don't, I like, this is the first time I'd ever seen this film. I had never seen it You'd before. You've never seen 300? Yeah, because I didn't This want was a cultural to. touchstone. How did you not, how did you miss it? That's the thing. It's like, I remember it was like a thing. 
I, rem- I remember... I was like 13. I was ready for this movie. Yeah, you know? I, I think I was just... I had already had, you know, I've already... I had already gone through puberty. And I also was... <laughs> like, by that point, I established I wasn't a macho man. So, like, you know, I wasn't trying to figure <laughs> anything out there. It was like, okay, this is Sparta! That's all I saw on a trailer. And I was like, yeah, that looks fucking dumb. I don't want to see that fucking movie. <laughs> and uh hey i was right you know i was right you know like it's how many years ago was that like i you know 16 years and i was i was actually yeah. i was my life 15th anniversary guy my life was okay having not seen that film no i feel like your life is only richer having seen 200 <laughs> okay so Zack snyder this is the second Zack snyder film we've done on this <laughs> podcast sort of if you want to consider your franchise part of you know this podcast, yeah. Also, is this had he done had he because what year was this? Was this his like was this his second film or was this his third yeah. film? Yeah, this is his second, second right? Film. Like because his first was, there was Dawn of the Dead, Dawn of the Dead, then Three Hundred, yeah, then Watchmen, okay. then oh wait, no, or was Watchmen before did, before this? No, Watchmen in two thousand nine. No, two thousand nine is after this. 2000 yeah 2009 was it 2009 okay God, yeah I, and uh, then he and, and then he does the owl movie and fuck a punch i don't know what the owl movie is he made that animated movie it's called like legend of gahul or something it's about like <laughs> it's about god it's owls it's about owls okay I, d- I never saw it but i just can't believe he directed that i think i kind of said this during the dawn of the dead film like uh, episode and this only furthered my um I, I just don't get Zack Snyder. I don't like his movies. I just don't like them. I think it's something about his style yeah. is like... I like the style. I yeah. hate it's, the way It's one of those look. things you're either into. <laughs> yeah. And I love the, the way his movies look. Yeah. I love the desaturated... I hate it. ...slow-mo, oh. like, yeah. narrow, like, fucking focus. I, I love it, man. Like, it just... It, especially because he does a lot of comic book movies. Yeah. And I think f- for them, they work. Yeah. Like... They, he done these like beautiful like you know huge like like master shot and it's like literally like a flash page come to life and that works especially for three hundred and three hundred is a comic book that was like done on like large print it's like bigger format than regular comics it's a lot of like it's not panelled it's like big spread out pages yeah and so many of them are recreated for this and he does the same thing in Watchmen and, and yeah and blah 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 so I I think like it works for those. But if you don't like the style, it makes sense. Yeah, he does have a style, and I think that's that's uniquely his, and that's a thing. And I think that's cool if you're into it. But I just am I'm not, so that's kind of the problem. And I just don't like the way they look. It kind of just, for me, it's just like, oh, this kind of, like, personally, I just think they look ugly. And that was mm-hmm. part of the problem with Watchmen when I saw it, and also I just didn't really like Watchmen. And it's funny, like, because I know people really, I still haven't gotten around, and you even were saying like the new series, and I do want to give it a try because it's like not Zack yeah, Snyder. It's not it's like, different. Yeah, it's not like the film at all. I'd like to give it a try at some point, but like, yeah, it's like there's something about his films when I'm watching them. It's just like, and it's funny how it's not that they feel like, like, well, this one, this one <laughs> does feel sort of problematic. Yeah, it's got some racist un- undertones. Oh, it's very racist. It's so racist, and yeah. it's very like homophobic and like, yeah, it's weird, man. Misogynistic, like, yeah. But it's ancient Greece, this bro. Is, this is man, <laughs> man, the movie. If anything, this is like this is man, 
we're men, 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 straight. I'm straight. Yeah. I'm straight, though. You fight I'm like a gay. woman. I'm not <laughs> yeah, gay. I hang out with all my bros, but I'm not gay. Um, it's so, oh, God, yes. it's such a fucking piece of shit film, and it's created like, okay, there's the, this is the thing with Zack Snyder films, and I feel like he keeps doing this somehow. He always finds himself in this weird sort of like area where he's making a film that like really stupid idiots like sort of end up enjoying a lot like the macho alt-right fucking assholes who really gravitate to smart movies that really appeal to like fat boys yeah like me and who i think aren't getting his movies that's the thing and it's like they're just like if you're watching them on a purely superficial level yeah yeah that's what you're taking from it yeah but it's like watching well it's like watching sucker punch it's the same thing like the point is quickly misconstrued because it's just like like scantily clad women like fighting monsters yeah and it's like but it's sort of you know a parody of women in media especially gamer media but like that movie just ended up being really popular for like nerds and like that that crowd that it was trying to sort of send up so yeah. it, it's the same sort of thing here it's the um ali g thing like ali g appeals to the character to people he's making fun of yeah. You know, in a weird way. They end up becoming a hero for that. I I, I, I kind of like am upset as well because um <laughs> about having to do this film because it was like one, okay, just getting like my thoughts of the film out of the way. All right, so like I, I was watching this and I've never seen it before and I'm kinda like, Oh my god, I'm after after like the first few seconds I was really bored. Like it was just boring. Like I just I just was really fucking bored. Leonidas had been training since he was five. Yeah, I was just like, oh fuck, I just like I don't care. And then um we get into it the film and then like because I was watching this with Julia and we were both just kind of laughing at how like ridiculous like it is in terms of like the machismo mm. and all that shit. Um but then once once it kind of gets into the battles and stuff, it is in like, you know, there's like interesting history there that I feel like kind of mm. takes a backseat to the stylistic, you know, you know, choices that Zack Snyder makes and just all the like other, I don't know. I mean, it's not even his fault either. Cause he's also doing like panel for panel, sort of like I'm making this like, you know, in the vision of Frank very Miller's, faithful like, adaptation. And, and Frank Miller Frank comes Miller, with his own problem. Yes. Yes. Which we'll get to in just a second. Um, <laughs> but I think, once we we start getting into it, it was like cool. Okay, well these battles are kind of fun, I guess. But then it just like it kind of goes on too long. Like there's like a couple of battles too long. It's just like it's we're recycling the same battle over and over. Mm. It's like okay, well they keep they're winning. Just they just keep winning. Them. They keep winning. And just, just keep like, winning. Oh, for fuck's sake, just like get this over with. This is the same fucking fight over and over again. I don't care at this point. So yeah, that's kind of how I felt about the movie. I just it left me sort of like. Ugh. But then I have to do the fucking prep for this episode, which sent, sent me down like an uncomfortable sort of territory of like, it's almost in that incel territory where it's like, it's just like, oh my God, yeah. just the type of people yeah, who like 300. Then you battle with like, is Zach's like, cause this is a question that comes up a lot with Zack Snyder films. Is he like a fascist? And then, but then there's like, the fascist thing where it goes from like, is he making fun of fascism or is he a fascist? And that like becomes a battle that you have to like weave between when you're talking about Zack Snyder. But then you take a layer off of that and you're just like, okay, well, Zack Snyder just really likes this 
thing and he's not like a fascist but maybe like other people who are fascists are misconstruing like the message and blah 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 and they're yeah, yeah. it's it's almost like because i started watching the boys recently and it's just like the first episode i tweeted about this yesterday and it's like the first episode and i was aware of the fact that homelander is a baddie but i start before mm. i ever watched any of the episodes i kept seeing on twitter about how it was funny that these alt-right dickheads like had only realized that Homelander was the bad guy like very recently. I'm like, how? In the first He's episode, immediately the villain. he fucking kills <laughs> this mayor of Baltimore and his child in a fucking jet plane for no reason because he thought that he should do that for someone else. Well, he's trying ask to bang to Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, and it's like, it's very clear that he just wants to suck on her titties the whole time. That's just what it looks like every time he's looking at her through the walls while she's milking herself. Yes, he's the bad guy. And they're just getting confused by the fact that he's got an American flag on his back and he wants to suck titties. It's just like, dude, he's a bad guy. It's a very thinly veiled, like, metaphor. Yes. And that's where, like, this, this, it's very similar sort of territory with these fucking meatheads who like this fucking film and other Zack Snyder films. But they're always in this problematic territory because I know it was like it was like that with like uh, Justice League as well. There was like a lot of this like, is Zack Snyder a fascist? And you're just scratching your head like, why is this the conversation that's happening? But then it, get, yeah. it, gets, it gets worse by the fact that you're looking back on the stuff that he's adapting and the people he's choosing to adapt, like Frank Miller, who by all accounts is like, oh, this great, like, you know, uh, yeah. comic book artist you know uh, he's done like the Dark Knight Returns some of the best Iconic. Like, yeah, comics yeah. ever but he's also come out and is, I mean actually 300 itself like I said Zack Snyder was pretty fucking faithful to 300 yeah. the comic book he wanted to basically just recreate this but what we get is yeah. a very racist homophobic like twisted like and also it's a very western world versus the eastern muslim sure. people yeah definitely and definitely. it yeah, drove poem, a lot yeah, of with their magic yeah and it drove a lot of people like like mad and they were really upset about 300 and stuff and like you know we'll get to that but like that's sort of like the problem it's it's just like and it sends you down this weird sort of path where you're like fuck this man fuck all these guys like, this, fuck, yeah fuck yeah but this is what i mean it's like you don't you don't even like have to hate the film it's like you hate everything surrounding it and like mm. but what are we talking about like i don't understand like why one is subjugated to all this conversation and controversy and it's like this is the peak of frank miller adaptation we had this we had batman begin with sin city back to back to back and then he got to direct his own fucking movie in hollywood and it's like but only Zack snyder is getting shit for <laughs> yeah. adapting frank miller's work he's a fan of frank miller's work i am a fan of frank miller's work he's one yeah. of the like most like important figures in comic books even though he's a problematic figure in some regards so it's like yeah every, everything else I, I understand there was a lot of racist under uh, overtone and my only and it's not a defense my only thing to that is that because when i'm watching I'm seeing, though based in some history, a v- not a very surreal, magical world. So I don't take it particularly literally. I think it would have gone a long way if you didn't actually call them Greek and Spartans and Persians, because there is very much a divide, and it is uncomfortable watching it. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't take it seriously enough for me to ever think that it's fucking the movie, it's like, trying to tell me anything and i think i think you like i don't 
like this movie is not a good example because it's a war movie and it's about literally like overcoming and overpowering your enemy and just killing as many brown people as you can. <laughs> but like the the rest of like Mac Knight's filmography is usually challenging and deconstructing fascist figures. Yeah. And I don't I think if any I don't think th- I don't think this is the definitive work. I think yeah. Watchmen is. I think and the I think thing that is- one is the one to go to the thing that kind of sorry i just kept oh no, no no i think the thing that's like people driving a wedge into people like trying to figure out it's the very same thing like where people can't discern if like uh starship troopers it's a very similar thing and it gets brought up a lot is a like yeah. work of fascist fascist art or is it the one of the greatest takedowns of fascism ever so it's like one Fair of enough. those things and I think and that's where this stupid, I fall on the other side yeah, yeah. And, but i think the problem with this is like it's like um because Frank Miller in general, it's like from 300, I think is where he started to like show some true colors of what he believes. And then he, he created this like uh, story about Batman um, fighting terrorism. And uh, it was like, it was basically like this war on terror thing. And it was just really bizarre and very, it's racist. very post nine yeah. 11. It's just like, and, I think a lot of his problems. work since has been like that, and that's just driven a lot of people like, like, like against his him. His modern like, work oh. is not, yeah, and it's, not it's like, dude, you go you're, to the 80s you're totally stuff, racist, yeah. right? Like, because this is like, <laughs> this is really bad, and I think the problem is like, like again, it's just saying it's just the way like Zack Snyder just adapted it, kind of like you know, pretty much to the T of like how yeah, the it book doesn't was. challenge it, doesn't that like yeah. you get kind of exactly Frank Miller's vision, which is like he took he took a lot of liberties with the history, the true history. And I'll gladly get into a little bit of it as we go on. But as stated, it is adapted from the graphic novel by Frank Miller. And Miller had been fascinated with the battle of uh, Thermopylae since he saw Rudolf Mate's 1962 film, the 300 Spartans when he was six years old. According to Miller, Richard Egan's portrayal of King Leonidas changed his perception of the role of the hero he realized that heroes don't always secede and sometimes they have to make sacrifices for themselves or to sacrifice themselves for the greater good. Fine. I th- <sighs> There's something about like... I mean, that is what next week's movie yeah. is about as well. Yes, so yeah. let's not Oh, no, no. Idea. I will gladly yeah. have a laugh at the silliness of next week's film uh, because it is very silly at times. Um, but like, yeah, there's something about like this machismo of being like a hero and like patriotism in general. Speaking in one liners and having so the painted on abs. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing about these guys. They just look ridiculous. Like they all, they are just do. completely shredded. They tense things so hard. Yeah. And like, the thing is like Frank Miller did that as well in the comic books, like where he like, like he took like liberties with what the Spartans would wear. Beef. Just to make them really fucking muscular and shit. And Yeah, they're all half naked. Not yeah. practical at all. And like he had the 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 helmets, like um like all the the Spartans would have had like the uh like the fucking fluffy fucking bullshit coming like yeah. the Mohawk thing. I don't really know. I can't remember what that thing's called. Um, but he specifically only give, gave it to Leonidas so that, and they, Zack Snyder did the same thing, so that everyone would know who King Leonidas was to differentiate. We stand down the car. Yeah. The, the purple lightsaber. But also, why would you do that if you're like, you're the most important person there? Why would you stand, like, make yourself stand out in a crowd? Like, it's dumb, right? Yeah. 
have to, everybody has to know that he's King Leonidas and he's the best and he is going to lead everybody to victory. Yeah. Was there not like a line in the film where they were like, don't, was like, did a character. No, that's next week. Was that so. next week's? Yeah, never mind. <laughs> See, well, next week they know they're smart. This is the dumb movie. <laughs> that's something Vin Diesel said. Yeah. And it took Vin Diesel, of all people, to to yeah. to say that, which is a great example of why next week's film is superior. <laughs> is that and is that even a conversation? <laughs> uh, well, producer Gianni Nanari was interested in adapting the story of 300 Spartans into a film. And funny enough, around the same time, Michael Mann was planning to do the same based on the book Gates of Fire. And it was put on hold due to the lackluster reception of historical films at the time, Troy and Alexander. Oh, man. Troy the banger didn't see Alexander. Yeah, I never saw Alexander. I remember Troy. And Troy was interesting, but... I'd only seen it the one time. In and the Gladiator? Summer. I can't remember. The film very much, I feel like it's very much riffing on Gladiator. Oh, exactly. Like, totally. I mean, Gerard Butler, really? Like, you know what they Russell were doing, Crow. right? Yeah, he's the yeah, poor man's yeah. Russell Crowe. Like, they were trying so hard to make him Russell Crowe. So, yeah, then when 300 was made, Michael Mann's ideas for Gates of Fire was just completely scrapped. Of course. Just completely. Uh, so yeah, Gianni Nanari found Frank Miller's graphic novel and he was really impressed and he, he was so impressed that he bought the film rights and the script was written by Michael B. Gordon, not to be confused with Michael B. Jordan. Of Space Jam, the new legacy fame. Or Michael Michael A. Jordan either. Um, yeah. Or Michael C. <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> and uh, Zack Snyder co-wrote the script as well and he wanted to adapt the story prior to you know, his debut feature of Dawn of the Dead in 2004. So he was like hired to direct. Warner Brothers wanted to make it a PG-13 film, but Zack Snyder signed on with the intentions to make it an R-rated film to which they did, you know, relent. And Mm -hmm. Snyder brought on Kurt Johnstad to help rewrite the script for production. And Frank Miller was used as a consultant and executive uh, producer. And then they used the graphic novel as basically like a storyboard and like it was basically shot for shot adaptation of the book. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to do something a little bit different because I feel like this film deserves to have a play by play of what went on. So we're going to go through. Yeah. We're going to go <laughs> from the top of the card. It. We're going to do match by match. We've yeah. got a dark match. <laughs> <laughs> so the film itself, we we're in 479 BC. It's one year after the battle of, Thermopylae. We have Delios played by David Wynnum, and he's a hoplite in the Spartan army. So a hoplite is a citizen soldier, if you needed to know. I didn't know. What the fuck is he doing with his voice? I don't know. Why does he talk yeah. like Emperor Palpatine through this whole movie? It's really goddamn yeah. distracting. And also it was inconsistent. The thing is it's so weird. At the beginning when he's talking, you I feel like you don't really know that um so like the the beginning picks up again at the end and they're clearly on a battlefield and it's like a year after, like I just He's said. leading them. But like you Yeah, and you he's don't and really, it's two hours later. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know that that's what's happened. You don't know that he's telling the story until like later he gets sent off the battlefield. But you know, he is like he is narrating, you know he's not gonna die. So it's sort of like Yeah, because he got the eye and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, 
Um, so yeah, he begins his story by depicting the life of Leonidas. Again, next week's film has the same sorry framing device. With like, <laughs> oh, you know this, you know this person, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> so he begins his story where he's depicting the life of Leonidas the first from childhood to kingship via Spartan doctrine. Like the comic book, the adaptation also uses the character Delios as a narrator. Uh, Snyder used his narrative technique to show the audience that the surreal Frank Miller world of 300 was told from a subjective perspective. By using Delios' gift of storytelling, he's able to introduce fantasy elements into the film, explaining that Delios is a guy who knows not how to wreck a good story with truth. That's a quote. Um, so yeah, I think this is where quote. he uses, uh, <laughs> he, he's basically kind of telling you from the get-go that Delios is an unreliable narrator. <laughs> And we learned, thank God we learned we about, learned about that last week. narrated last week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I thought that watching this, like, as the narration went on, I was like, this is actually really helpful because, like, you could leave this movie thinking this is all bullshit. This yeah. is just a story he's telling to, like, get them psyched up going into war. Yeah. And I like yeah. that angle of it. That is kind I think of what he's doing. <laughs> but, but it's never there. I think a few more characters introducing that idea yeah. that, like, this is subjective and like not everything that it seems and it doesn't matter because it's a story about legend yeah it's a story about storytelling and the stories we tell ourselves and the things greater than like the literal victory you know like he dies on the battlefield but that's not the point he wins in the long run because he uh, inspires the next generation whatever blah 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 but like, I think more of that, like when the guy, sorry, I'm jumping ahead, when the guy like loses his son, I feel like that guy should have gone ape shit and been like, fuck your army, fuck all this, this is bullshit. Yeah. Like, like I lost my son and I couldn't even tell him I loved him because fucking there's no room for toughness. You're about to die. You, you couldn't even tell your wife that you loved her. This is bullshit. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like yeah. that would have been sick. <laughs> yeah. More stuff like that. But if that had happened, these uh, these fucking alt-right dickheads who are obsessed with this film would absolutely hate it. And they also... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, these are the same guys that don't realize that the Punisher is not, like, actually for them. <laughs> the they, Punisher to, to the point cops. where they literally, they, yeah, they literally had to do it yeah. in the comics recently where he meets the Proud Boy and, like, beats the shit out of him. Yeah. And, like, what are you proud of? <laughs> So Delios describes the harsh customs such as inspecting each infant to see that, that if they are deformed and if it is, mm. it's abandoned to die. And I mean, this is the problem. As they should be. Uh, but this is what they did, I'm guessing, right? They did. And that's also a problem. This is where I started to have problems with- So we can't talk about it? No, no. But it's, it's more so- <laughs> So- <laughs> Frank Miller watched this film about the 300 and it's like, mm. it's, and this is a story that's lived on for generations based on like basically the events that this film is sort of telling and this sort of twisted perverse way of telling this story. Um, and it's like a legend that's gone on, even if it's been twisted and turns and like unreliable narrators telling the story. Um, mm. So, I get it. It's a cool like story about like, you know, persevering and sometimes sacrificing and for the greater good and blah blah blah. But the yeah, people the that they're telling the, the story for are not the nicest of people. The Spartans were very much into eugenics. They were very much into pure race lines and pure yeah, you know, 
pure breeding the pure, best possible yeah, breeding warrior. a fucking warrior and they're very into their guys they're you know they're they're firstborn males the boys it's funny because they make fun of athenian for as boy loving and it's like you guys Ooh. look exactly the same oh well just wait just wait um so the boys are raised in the school of hard knocks where they participate in combat training and they're they're getting beat up by their fathers if they do badly um at seven each yeah, healthy each boy is torn from his mother and they're shipped off into the wilderness wilderness to see if they survive and return a man or they are yeah literally by like the battle royale. yeah it's like fuck you yeah fuck you go to the woods you're seven who gives a shit um and yeah i prove yourself by this point i kind of really had already zoned out in the film i was just like oh, fuck i just don't <laughs> care so even King to be Leonidas is subjected to this. And I don't, you know, it's like, how do they choose? Like, is he going to be King? I don't really get like the, the, the way this, this whole thing. Well, his father. Is king. Yeah. So Sparta apparently had so two Kings. Only two. Well, no, no. Two I mean, kings. they had two Kings at the same time. Oh, and it, okay. it doesn't make sense. And also if they're Kings, why are they answering like needing to go to this like higher order of people who are elected officials and stuff? Like, you know, it feels like back in the day. I get it now. Like the queen isn't a real fucking position here in the UK, and like it's like yeah, it's, it's government, but, but there is still a council and politics is still at play here. Yeah, and I don't I, like you know, I, and that's the thing they did actually have that, but at the same time, it's just like fucking confusing. Like, doesn't make sense. But also, yeah. I think you know, Leonidas kind of was, he was, he, he did what he wanted to do in real life. It was just like, fuck <laughs> you. I'm going to go to war. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm going to braid my hair. <laughs> but uh, anyway, he's, he's subjected to the same treatment. And at 15, he lures a wolf into a narrow passage so that you can kill it. And he returns home. Foreshadowing. To crowned See, this is a technique called foreshadowing. Yes, it is. Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Where, it, you know, it echoes events yet to come. Mm-hmm in the film and you can see where he first learned these lessons yes he would then apply later on it's called foreshadowing yes okay? it's 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 the narrow passage that phil is mentioning yes um yeah. yes uh dilio's story continues <laughs> as a persian herald arrives at the gates of sparta demanding earth and water as a token of submission to king xerxes <sighs> king leonidas submission? Now played uh, by man. poor man's, poor man's Russell Crowe, aka Gerard Butler, and the Spartans reply by throwing the envoy and his escort down into a bottomless pit, and we get kick the, him into we the get pit. the one line the of the thing. film. That is Sparta. You can turn it off after this. It, everything after, after that, that it's matter. iconic. I, I bet it's what Gerard Butler still gets yelled at him. Yeah. It's like I'm with you. Until the bit where he yelled that and kicked him. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently this line was actually meant to be like delivered uh, calm and stern. And it was sort of, I think, delivered even calm in the comic and stuff. But like it wasn't working. And in one take, Gerard Butler randomly just yelled it. And Zack Snyder liked it. And he asked him to do it again. And that second take ended up being in the movie. So... Okay, Gerard right. Butler. I mean, you know, sometimes you got to do things for you yourself. You can yell if you want. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you sometimes you got to watch Young Sheldon. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you got to watch Young Sheldon. Sometimes you have to, like, not live on the coattails of Russell Crowe anymore, you know? 
<laughs> I'm probably have to move on. Leonidas doesn't like Persians, and uh, he calls them boy lovers, like you alluded to earlier. And he riles everybody up, and that they're going to be enslaved if they don't fight the Persians. Okay, so this is where Frank Miller's taken lots of liberties with Spartans. All right, so Spartans actually had tons of slaves. They had tons of slaves. There was probably <laughs> seven to ten slaves, which were called helots, uh, that like per one Spartan. And but they're not called slaves. <laughs> the, this whole idea of sending three hundred people out, like uh, the three hundred, you know, I'm not taking anything away from Spartans as terms of being warriors. They were legitimately like badass. Go ahead. Okay, they were badasses. They were really good warriors. If there's any Spartans listening, but the thing is, the Spartans were actually never any more badass than any of the other warriors out there. And also, the reason why they didn't send so many people off uh, was because Spartans were mostly used for slave control if a slave rebellion started. So fuck off. They're so worried about this. <laughs> this is where it's so fucking racist because apparently like this a lot you, of the Greeks. You leave all that stuff out. The great, it doesn't work. There was quite a few Greek city-states who didn't join up. In real life, what happened was uh, Leonidas was kind of like didn't care about what was going on. But then like someone came to him and was just like, oh, well, if we like, you know, join up and Greek kind of like Greek unites, you know, Greece unites, mm. then we can fight off this persian rebellion which was happening so they all sent all these like you know spies off to go like you know see what was going on like what could be a good passage to maybe lead a you know a fight to kind of hold them off until everybody kind of got themselves together and uh they filmed the narrow passage which we'll get to in a second but they yeah like the thing is like Leonidas sort of was just like, yeah, cool, I'll go. He did go talk to an oracle, but he was sort of like, yeah, I'll go, whatever, I'll put myself up. Either way, yeah. Either way. And I think uh, there was liter- there was legitimately this uh, uh, festival that was going to be going on, and he couldn't, he was told he shouldn't do it, but he did it anyway, and nobody else kind of really got on board. So that's why he just sort of got all these other groups to join him. But there was more than 300 mm-hmm. people there, clearly. It was thousands. But yeah, they couldn't. Yeah. I I don't know. It's just it's so it's so stupid how this is all kind of like really put against the Persians because but the, see, none of that worked in the movie. Yeah, you know, like you have to have like the oracle and like all oh, the fucking zealots that are like yeah. being paid by the Persians. Like, oh, you need all that stuff for yeah. any of it to work. But the thing is, a lot of the Greek city states didn't join because they actually liked being under the Persian rule, and. And actually, when you see how if you actually watch the film, the you know, besides the fact that they're telling you that uh, Xerxes is this big baddie, his fucking Mm. place seems kind of cool. It's very multicultural. It's like Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, it's like it's just hedonistic. It's very like it's very multicultural. Uh, there, mm-hmm. you know, there's plenty of gay people and it's like, cool. It seems like it's fine yeah. if there's homosexuality. Disfigured people are welcome. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. So it's like, what's, who's the real bad guy here? We've got one guy who likes white but people. But you won't be free, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's just yeah, this fake, okay. like freedom. Yeah. Freedom isn't free. You they have just, to fight for freedem. Oh, I like, see where the problem Go around from. the corner where there was all the actual <laughs> slaves that were under the Spartan rule. 
Uh, also, <laughs> the boy lovers comment. Okay, so Spartans were pretty gay. Um, <laughs> the Spartans basically yeah, hung yeah, out yeah. with each other. They encouraged it. Yeah, they, right? they, they were, made for better soldiers. Yeah, basically, they were pretty gay with each other. They uh, practiced <laughs> being. Um, uh, they were one of the first like groups of people who I think like uh, would do naked exercising. Like they were literally just like there was like a there was a, something I was reading about like how Xerxes and his army. Well, it was like Xerxes was never actually there. He was always like hanging in the back or whatever, which he kind of does in this film. He was always just sending people, but like they were <laughs> they basically like came up on him and they they saw like the fucking Spartans just sitting there working out. And like there was, they were all fucking nude, <laughs> and they were just like doing like push-ups and shit or whatever, like working out. And then there was others that but were naked. just basically getting their hair braided by each other, or Aww. or sh- shaving each other's beards and stuff. It was just or with like their mustaches because they apparently like just had like a bald upper lip, but they would have a proper beard. It was just so funny, just the description of this. <laughs> but this is the thing: like this movie would have been far better if it was just super gay. Yeah, you know, if well, it like really lent it, to, but it continues that rich tradition of things trying so hard to be not gay that they yeah. end up being really gay, like <laughs> yeah. pro wrestling. Yes, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. And that's like you just need to embrace that wrestling is very gay, and it's a lot more fun. Um, it's but, way more fun. <laughs> but the, they also the Spartans were one of the uh, groups that heavily practiced pederasty. And yeah, which was very prominent in ancient Greece. They they like legitimately had their older guys would come and basically hook up with the younger, inexperienced, sexually boys, and they were paired off and they taught the ways of love. And, they were taught the ways of love and war, but of like totally in a friendship way because if they had feelings, that was frowned upon. It's like fuck off, man. Of course, of course, of course. You're like fucking little kids. There man. are rules here. <sighs> And Frank Miller, I'm so happy. And Zack Snyder had the goal to like call someone else boy to lovers. throw that comment. Like, Fuck off. Yeah. Fuck off. Like ah, uh, I yeah. I hope a proud boy listens to this episode. Oh, 300. It's like whoa. I'm not gay. <laughs> I think it would. I think it would have gone a long way if it completely severed uh, itself from reality. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Th- I don't think you'd have any if there was a fictional world that's loosely based on ancient Greece, but it's a, it's a different city. Maybe that did maybe look, you know, that they were outcast for being, you know, a f- very strict sort of soldier regime, but also they didn't practice some of the things that you know they do in Athens, and that could have been interesting. And maybe they're not fighting Persians, you know, um, and it would have helped with all of, like the weird fantastical creatures and the giant elephants and like all this all the stuff I like that they throw in that yeah. helps break the reality. There's also a lot of reality that keeps clashing yeah. <laughs> with it bit by bit. Yeah. All right. So Leonidas didn't visit the E4s, which are the elected leaders of Sparta, uh, proposing his strategy to drive back the numerically superior Persians through the hot gates. So he he's, he's all about this narrow passage. It's, yeah, I mean, the now passage is, an, is, a, is a metaphor, right? Yeah. It's like alien. Yeah. We're talking about the butthole. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's always the butt. It's a butt. It's always the narrow yeah. passage. We're talking about Sparta. But it, 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 oh wait, like, it, so in ancient Sparta, if you have elected officials and stuff, is the king more just like a general? Who, like, controls yeah. the army? 
That's what it feels like. And doesn't have any actual political way. But then yeah. still, surely he should be able to lead the country into war. I don't know. Sorry. I mean, I'm I've, just trying to figure out. It, it doesn't he, make sense. He kind of did in real life. I don't, this made it a lot more political. I don't know why, but yeah, his plan to involves. To give the queen something to do? Yeah, seriously. His, uh, his plan involves like building this wall to funnel the Persians into a narrow pass between the rocks and the sea, negating Persian advantage in the numbers. Thing. And by giving Greeks heavy, <laughs> heavy infantry, uh, sorry, by giving the Greeks heavy inf- infantry the advantage over the vast waves of Persian light infantry. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this ha- did happen. That was like real. Um, but yes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Do you think the movie would have done as well if it was called The Narrow Passage? <laughs> <laughs> he really does love The Narrow Passage. It's, it's funny, he though. He loves that narrow passage, bro. If it's not the butt, That's why he also, killed the wolf. It's the narrow mindset that these alt-right people have that really love this movie. It's, you know, See, it's a it's metaphor, come, dude. It's all come together. Yeah. Um, the, the, the E4s consult the Oracle. Because there's always oracles in films, they had to like do something different when the, this one, and it just happens to be this poor, nude, drugged out girl, you know, in a trance, yeah, speaking yeah. gibberish. I just, by that that point, bit looks cool like, though, because it's like it's clearly like done underwater. Yeah, then, like yeah, it was, but put in the room. But yeah, it's just sort of like why does she have? Like, to it's be just a, gross. A really young men nude girl looking at her. Yeah. Uh. I don't know. Um, Why is anything? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, she basically decrees that Sparta can't go to war during the Carnea festival. Uh, Carnea. (laughs) Leonidas angrily departs and an agent from Xerxes appears, which I kind of missed this completely, uh, rewarding the EFRs for their covert support. I, I mean, I missed that part. And then later it was just like revealed and it was just sort of like, okay, whatever. Okay, so although the E4s denied him permission to mobilize Sparta's army, Leonidas gathers 300 of his best soldiers in the guise of personal bodyguard. They are joined along the way by a force composed of a few thousand Arcadians and other Greeks. At Thermopylae, they construct the wall using slain Persian scouts as mortar. Immediately, it's not 300. Yeah. They're 300 for like a minute. Yeah. And then it's yeah, like, yeah. no, it's a couple thousand. <laughs> You're still outnumbered, but like, let's not lie. We have uh, Stelios, played by Michael Fassbender, which is like... Michael Fassbender popping up. I completely forgot yeah. he was in it. It's weird. It's weird because he's quite prominent in this. And like, I don't know if he's good in it. I think I find him really out of place because I know Michael Fassbender more for the roles outside of this. Of yeah. Stuff like shame and like, like he plays like quite intense psychological characters and him like playing like a brute is strange. Yeah. I feel like Fassbender didn't really work. come on online really until like he was in no prometheus and uh x-men like you know first class and shit like it's just yeah, like yeah, that yeah. was like okay i'm i'm a person now <laughs> before it's i'm like, on the fast train okay, whatever <laughs> yeah it's a fast bender <laughs> huh? but, like you know he he's like this badass and you know is he <laughs> yeah i mean he's i guess he's like he got- the elite soldier in this film I guess, but he's just got this like rapport with like the young kid and it's like just bang already. Yeah. You know? And in real life they probably would have been. He probably was, yeah. That was probably his young yeah. guy. Unless if it was the father, I don't know. They might have frowned him. No, I think actually they did <laughs> I read this. This is funnier. I, I hate to keep talking back upon. on this. Okay, so it's a big plot point. It was okay 
for these guys to, you know, have sex with these young boys, it was fine. Yeah. But if they had feelings, as long as they didn't have feelings, if it was in, if it was all in the name of friendship and stuff, you know, good fun. Yeah, and love fine. and war and love and thunder. But yeah, in the name of Thor, love and thunder. If they developed feelings, that was akin to incest, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Why? What? This Why? doesn't make sense. It's all. How about let's just say this is all bad. You yeah. Stop doing it. <laughs> stop abusing children in any capacity. Meanwhile, Leonidas oh encar- encounters Jason Voorhees, um, aka. <laughs> Ephialtes or however Ephialtes Ephialtes is that how you say his name Ephialtes yeah I don't I don't know he's played by Andrew Tiernan who is a deformed Spartan whose parents fled Sparta to spare him certain infanticide infanticide yeah and he's the penguin basically in Batman Ephialtes was like a real person right so but he was. Like in real life, I think he was just like some random farmer who just like mm. there was no. I don't think he ever met Leonides. Oh, it, was, it wasn't like a betrayal. It was just someone who like. Yeah, it was just like told them about the. Yeah, he path. just told him about the path, and he was probably like, "Oh, you should go whatever. down there." Yeah, I bet he talked like that. Well, yeah, no, you don't. I'm want just the four. You just want to. Go <laughs> you down don't want to go down there. Not down my path through that way. You go back there. <laughs> That's where we take the cow. <laughs> it's a good path. Uh, we call it the back door. <laughs> it's always, it's always yeah. these, you want to take paths. the back door to the narrow passage. You don't want to come straight on the narrow passage. You know, it gets way too messy. So Ephialtes uh, asked to redeem his father's name by joining Leonidas uh, and warning him of the secret path that the Persians could use to outflank and surround the Spartans. Those sympathetic. Dude, literally, the same thing happened in the next film. <laughs> with you know, with the guy they let yeah. go who comes back. Yeah. It's just like, oh man, it's weird how similar these movies are. Sorry. Well, you know that actually was made the same year that uh, what's his face wrote this, so you know maybe he had seen that movie or something. I don't know. Yeah, um, takes one to know one. Leonidas was sympathetic, but he rejects him because his deformity physically prevents him from holding his shield high, to, high enough and potentially compromises the phalanx formation. So it, it's, fair, it's very understandable. He yeah. gives him a job. He's like, Which, yeah, you can clear up the dead. Again, I'm just trying to paint the picture. We shouldn't be telling these awesome stories about Spartans because they're all, they're all assholes. In real life, Leonidas probably would have just kicked him into a fucking pit. Because he was deformed. Yeah. You because this is Sparta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also because the path was <laughs> The name the of the path, episode should be eugenics. I think, I think the thing is that like the path that like he was telling him about wasn't narrow enough for him to care about. <laughs> <laughs> I have no use for the hidden path. Is it narrow or not? So it's it's it actually pretty face. big. They could fit... Pretty much, there are 100,000 guys. I want the narrow passage. (laughs) So the battle soon begins, and the Spartans refuse to lay down their weapons using the hot gates to their advantage, as well as their superior fighting skills. The Spartans repel... The narrow passage. (laughs) The uh, Spartans repel wave after wave of the advancing Persian army. Xerxes, played by uh, Rodrigo Santoro, personally approaches Leonidas and offers him wealth and power in exchange for his submission. (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's a mission to the narrow path. 
<laughs> he, you're right. He does this like three, four times. Yeah, it's like it get keeps him. happening. It just keeps happening. Get it's the like, message. Okay, we only needed that it. scene one time. You know, Leonidas declines and he mocks the inferior quality of Xerxes' fi- fanatical warriors. And in response, Xerxes sends his elite guard, the Immortals. Again, this is another real thing. There was the Immortals, but this film makes the Immortals feel very fantastical. They're like the NWO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> waka, waka, waka. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is about the Immortals was like I think they were kind of seen in that way because they were. It was like once one of them was killed, it seemed like there was always like two more in its place would appear, and that's kind and of and they're like, mysterious. If they dressed like that, they dressed all yeah. in black. You know, you don't you don't know what they look like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, in response, you know, he sends these guys and the Spartans. Nonetheless, defeat them with few losses, with a slight help from the Arcadians. So they lost a couple of guys. Um, yeah. But then on the second day, Xerxes sends in new waves of armies from Asia and other Persian subject states, including African rhino and el- Indian war elephants, to crush the Spartans. Yeah. But to no avail. Again, how this, long were they in this narrow passage? They were just there for days. Four. Just, just, four just days. sitting in there. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, an embittered Ephialtes uh, defects to Xerxes, to whom he reveals the secret passage to. In exchange for <laughs> yeah. wealth, luxury, women, and a Persian and a uniform. Funny hat. This dude literally was more excited about this uniform than like uniform, the nude yeah, he, women who were rubbing his hunchback. It was pretty funny. Like which, that which scene was hilarious. Yeah, which he probably never known the touch of a woman at this point. You'll get How a uniform. <laughs> He's like, a uniform? Yeah. A fucking uniform? Yo, I get one of the uniforms with the hat. It will cover up my hunchback? Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> the Arcadians <laughs> retreat upon learning about the betrayal, but the Spartans stay, and Leonidas orders in an injured but reluctant Delios to return to Sparta to tell them of what happened. A tell. Remember Earth. Of victory. And that's why we're dealing with all this thing but phil you know what speaking of apples snack time the changes have come in both the good and the bad but the one thing that's constant is a snack time is hat And then an apple in the next movie as well. Yeah. See, we're not on the front line. We can have we can have uh, actual uh, snacks. You know. Yeah, man. Do you want to? But do you want to go first or? Uh, oh, sure, sure, I sure. First? I can, I can, I can go first. Um, yeah, because it might be a while until you know they know what I get. <laughs> yeah. But go on. Go um. On. Okay. So. A break from rations. Speaking of apples, you know, I I really was going to do apples because that was like the only actual food in this. Um, but then, and how do you like them apples? Yeah, Julia Julia did remind me that uh there, that there is a thing here in Britain, and there used to be, <laughs> and I was just like the misogyny of all this. Why not? 
So what I got was a, a Yorkie bar because Yorkie oh, used to it? do a thing where it was like, and I didn't know about this, but she told me about this. You, did, um, you didn't know about this advertising yeah, campaign. The, yeah, this was not, rampant when I was growing up. Not for girls. This was not for girls. This was for men, right? It's for boys. It's for boys. It was for little boys. Why? So stupid. Why? Why would you know. market something I, that way? I, yeah, they just went hard for the little boy, just like the Greek did. Yes. They did, these uh, Spartans particularly. So, yeah, I got yeah, a Yorkie bar. I bet the Spartans would have liked a Yorkie in a narrow passage. I've actually never had a Yorkie bar, so I'm kind of interested. Really? Yeah. It oh, man, kind of like a, I'm excited for an you. an interesting shape. Um, it feels like it's got segments. And it also feels like it's started to melt because it is, it's been in the fridge hot, hot for like bold. a week or two. Um, mm. But, yeah, it, it's so hot. Okay, yeah, so it is segments. So Yorkie also does a raisin one, right? And that sounds disgusting. So yeah, not I got tried the that original one. one. Nice. Right. nice. Oh, it's just like, for whatever reason, I was thinking this was going to be like almost like the way a Kit Kat is. No. I mean, it's pretty normal chocolate bar, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think girls could have it. It's, it's a fine. Nestle, it's a Nestle bar, right? But yeah. All due respect to people in Britain, but I mean, this shit tastes like a dairy milk. I couldn't, I would not, if, if I had to do a blind it's taste test. It's all the test, fucking same here. If I had to do a blind <laughs> taste test, I would not know. I wouldn't know the difference. It's not like okay. it's bad. It's actually, it's nice. It tastes really nice. It's a day of first, man. You had, you watched 300 for the first time. You tried a Yorkie bar, man. Yeah. You know, th- these are the things. These are the when people are like, ah, oh, you know, woe with me, life is pointless, you should kill yourself. And people say that to me. <laughs> These are the things you have to like hold on to. These new experiences yeah. that keep life worth living. I'm still, I'm just. So how many? <laughs> I'm just battling the misogyny right now, you know? Just like. Yeah. One bite at a time, I just like realize that this is for, for men, you know? Every time many, I. Yeah. This is a man's candy bar. <laughs> man's world man it's um how many back doors do you give it <laughs> narrow passages um how many narrow passages do you give you your keeper it's gonna it's gotta be a solid four oh it's a four it's you really disappointed it's but you really gave it a nice. pretty high rating bro oh no i was disappointed by the fact that i thought it was gonna be something different than it was but it's like actually really anything. good like, like have peanut butter or anything yeah. in it it's just a regular candy bar, so it's sort of like, okay, what's? I mean, was I don't get it though. Sometimes when they did those campaigns and stuff, they would have like a reason for doing it, like you know, like it's a response. I bet it's just a demographic else. thing. I bet their sales are going down, like, and it's like, okay, who buys mostly chocolate bars? It's kids. Yeah, and it's like boys. We can target to that. I mean, because like Snickers did it, but it was funny. Yeah, It'd get some nuts. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is kind of, you know, it kind of is playing into the macho thing, but that was the joke. They literally had Mr. T. Did this start in the 90s? T, like in a tank. Like the late 90s? What the? Like, did what it? What the? It's not for girls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember it in like primary school, that was the thing. Yeah. God, man. I was like really hyped up on uh, misogyny lately because I watched the, uh, <laughs> whatchamacallit documentary, the Woodstock 99 documentary. It's like. Yeah, I heard that's good. That and 300 together, it was just like, cool, man. Men, 
<laughs> right off. <laughs> dudes. <laughs> Just guys being dudes. Guys being dudes, brah. Just bras being dudes, bruh. bro. Just bras being bros. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What do you have? Go get it. Okay. Give me one second. <laughs> I'm going to eat my Yorkie. <laughs>